Grapple fans, and welcome to the latest episode of Match of the Week, another subdivision within the larger sphere that is, let me tell you something, a professional wrestling podcast of weekly discussions. For this one, we're picking a match from the archives of professional wrestling from a random promotion at a random time to make a very specific point. And by we, I mean your co-host Lorcan Mullen, and with you as always is your other co-host and match picker of the week... Simon Cross. Simon, what match have you picked for this week? I love how you've emphasised very early doors that it's me that's picked this match. And I think the reason for that is because of what I've chosen. It's like in Spinal Tap when they're playing Jazz Odyssey. On the bass, Derek Smalls. He wrote this. (laughs) I have selected Gabriel Kidd versus Johnny Mundo from Delete WCPW. Now... Shall we just get your, your your feelings and thoughts out the way early doors here? I've never been that big a fan of what culture. I wonder if I was your age when it happened, if I wouldn't have been more into it. Fundamentally came down to the fact that I thought Adam Blompier came across as a bit of an arrogant tosser. And I felt somewhat like my friend who never trusted Oscar Pistorius, somewhat vindicated in those opinions <laughs> as, time went, as time revealed the truth. They're always risky ones when you have those judgment because if the thing never gets found out until like much later on, you look like a right arsehole for ages. Everyone's got one. Everyone's got someone who's like really well liked who you just look at and go, nah, I don't, I don't trust them. There's something in my waters. Who is it for you? <sighs> for me, it's always been James Corden, but that seems to be a proper... Well, apparently he is. Oh, there's no doubting it. Yeah. But sometimes he tries to make the story that he's turned over a new leaf and he's learned the air of his ways. And then, like, you haven't. Mm. You haven't. The question now is, has Adam Blompier done that? We haven't heard anything since then. When he did eventually come back, he did his penance. He served his time. Yeah. And is now on the not unpopular, but not exactly what it was. And that was another one. I mean, I, as much as I didn't like what culture pro wrestling, at least there wasn't a host who spoke like this in every sentence he said and made me want to punch him in the throat at all times. <laughs> I think WCPW was started as like a cash grab to try try and like obviously build on their name. The thing that bothered me about WCPW when I did watch like the first episode, it was like, you've made so much, t- I won't say money, but you've gained such a following having to go at everything WWE does. Yeah. And everything every other promotion does. And making it a point of pride that you'd never watched any TNA until the, the final deletion or whatever it was. And that was the thing. Like, when the first ever deletion happens, they watch it and shit all over it. And then they suddenly find out, oh, that's not what the general tide of opinion is. And then suddenly we're several months down and we've got delete WCPW and you're trying to milk that cash cow for all it's worth Mm. and i remember there was even like i was fast forwarding through it and they did a bit on it with matt going to beat up jack the jobber and that was just the thing that bothered me i didn't want a wrestling show that had people who fucking worked hard at wrestling all being undermined and not being the guys that people were getting responses and instead it was a bunch of nerds like me who couldn't apply a wrist lock 
or a wristwatch on their wrist or anyone else's to save their lives. And somehow they're the most over. They're the ones that people are coming to see. And they're the ones that are getting the cheers and the adulation. And are milking it at the expense of the actual hard-working wrestlers. That's what always bothered me about it, you know? It's like, I'm I'm very aware of my limitations as, as a wrestling fan. And if any wrestler ever listens to this, I wouldn't expect them to listen to my opinions and hold them over anyone involved in the wrestling business. I, except for maybe, I don't know, fucking uh, uh, Matt Stryker. Uh, yeah. Matt. Like, it's like I, I respect 99% of artists more than I do any critic. Yeah. Essentially is where I'm coming from. And I'm one of the critics, essentially. It's one of those awkward so. things because they were, I, I, I'm speaking in terms of like WCVW, they were employees sent out there by like what culture and what culture's writers. They didn't write the stuff themselves. No, they did. Of course they did. That whole thing was about how it was them that was booking the shows, them that were doing the commentary, them that were writing the articles, them that were doing the videos that were broadcasting their opinions. They were in the booking meetings, but they weren't the head bookers. Adam Blompied wasn't the head booker of WCPW. No. Who was? Did they give it to Alex Shane? Usually ends up being Alex Shane. I, I think it was Alex go. Shane. Yeah. But no, he's that... one of the people on commentary in this match. Yeah. Oh, God, I didn't want to hear Alex Shane commentary again after our... Um... <laughs> People can go into our World of Sport library for that, for my opinions on that. But that was the thing. Like, I want to make that clear, though. I've always... My criticisms have almost never been at wrestlers. I don't actually enjoy people taking down wrestlers and being very critical about their work. Like, ultra-critical, except for Matt Stryker. I'll say what I like, and I might say what I don't like at times, but I also don't want to be someone that's driven by negativity. Yeah. I think the problem with critics is that they have the term critic, and that's seen as criticism. You have to be critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a film critic, you should love films. If you're a music critic, you should love music. And for the most part, I like to impart, uh, not wisdom, but I like to impart opinions that will hopefully create a dialogue and not stop not stop things in their track that will hopefully maintain everyone's wish to advance their knowledge that whenever you stop and say all knowledge is acquired now and i don't need to listen to anyone else and you can just listen to me well that's when you failed as a human being yeah and that's when you become a religious leader (laughs) 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 but yeah now any anyone who thinks they know everything is a is a is a dunce and that was my problem with a lot of what culture and wcpw there was a sense that we know our shit and i knew that i knew more than a lot of them did because i've watched it for longer i've read more i know more and i'm not the one that's acting with utter confidence that i can book every wrestling angle better than anyone in the wwe does and like i said all the fancy bookings and i'm guilty of it but i try to qualify it all the time I conveniently don't have anyone suddenly get injured when I'm doing the storylines. I don't have behind-the-scenes drama and soap operas that actually mean this guy's refusing to work with that guy. You you don't have Shawn Michaels beaten up by a gang of Marines. You don't have uh, travel issues. You don't have your roster stuck in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't get Roman Reigns getting fucking leukemia, you know? You don't get a coronavirus (laughs) when you're fantasy booking. Okay, okay. So, all those things considered, and that therefore meant that this was cultivating an audience of fans that I, even though I'm ultimately a part of it, a lot of the time I don't like. I don't like exclusivity, I don't like cliques, I don't like a sense that 
There's so much of nerd culture, as I say, as having just recently watched a four-hour Snyder cut, that there's, there's sometimes within nerd culture things that really rile me up the wrong way. And this is someone that makes three podcasts a week. I was going to say, having seen you at a live wrestling event now, I, I, I have seen wrestling fans rile you. <laughs> that's not me having to go with people loving wrestling. That's the thing. As long as it's about loving it, that's what I want to go with. And I want to think about... And it's not like ignore the negatives, but I just don't want to... I just... There's a lot of people, especially on Twitter, that feel like they can say a lot of shit about wrestlers' styles of wrestling. And I'm like, yes, you can say it, but maybe don't say it in quite so condescending and know it's all a tone. For the person that's literally going out there and actually doing the fucking work that you have never been willing to do yourself. And I include myself in that. So let me then explain how it's how it's come to be that we've ended up in the situation where we're going to be discussing a WCPW match. Also, I got annoyed when they didn't accept my job application. <laughs> so there you go. I did it once because I was just like, fuck it. They were looking for people and I thought maybe I can teach them a thing or two. <laughs> I thought if I could make a living writing about it, maybe I could get something, at least just see what it's like on the other side. But no, no interest. So full disclaimer, I- I'm in the crowd for this show. I did actually attend this event live. You're one of those tossers. <laughs> and let me explain where I'm coming from. So WCPW, for me, alongside connections to my my partner at the time were sort of my only real exposures to live British wrestling. And one common thread of both those promotions, both Leicester City Wrestling and WCPW, is I recognised a man who was thrust into this position in this match. He was not the original opponent for Johnny Mundo, known as John Morrison. That was meant to be Alberto Del Patron, Del Rio. Now, for so, so many, many reasons, I'm thankful that uh, Del Patron did not turn up now. I don't think it's Del Patron. I think it's El Patron. You're saying it like it's Del Boy from Only Bulls and Horses. Do you know what? I think you're right. Uh, You are right. But I think he's got a lot more on his plate right now (laughs) to worry about. But I digress. Uh, His replacement was Gabriel Kidd, a man who I had seen in Leicester City Wrestling previously. So it was a British name I recognised from a previous promotion. Albeit, obviously, Leicester City Wrestling is not a big promotion. He was doing a gimmick there in Leicester City Wrestling, which annoyed one of the friends who I was with at the time. It was called Lads Vegas. And they would act like, like, oh, stereotypical lads. But because it was a kid-friendly show, they wouldn't down, like, beers. They'd down fruit shoots. <laughs> and my mate hated it. Uh, so as a result, me and my other mate loved it because it was winding him up. And through, osmo- through just doing it as an antagonistic arsehole supporting Gabriel Kidd. I became a genuine Gabriel Kidd fan over the years, and that's why I would love to see him in World of Sport. Uh, And I was elated when I saw Gabriel Kidd come out and do this wrestling match, and he showed off a lot more than what I'd seen before because he was taking on Johnny Mundo rather than just someone on, on a lesser level. And it wasn't until I watch this back with the commentary, obviously not having that at the time, that I realised the story of Gabriel Kidd being 0-9 at this point, but because of uh, Prince Nazim like, uh, running his mouth and his manager securing him... Prince this... Nazim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is it Prince Nazim? As in Prince Nazim Hamid? I, I, I can't remember his name. His manager's name. 
because he's got this opportunity, this 19-year-old who's 0-9 at this point, uh, it's been thrust into the limelight. And I think he's made the most of it. And why I've picked a Gabriel Kidd match is this man is now a young lion in New Japan. He was in the New Japan Cup this year. But he went 17 minutes with Zack Sabre Jr. with not a lot of young lions get to do. So I, my guess is we're reaching the end of that young lion's stint. And it takes great humility to go from where he was as quite a prominent figure within the British wrestling scene. And I think he's like, even though he's 23 because of how British wrestling works, he's, I think he might be like a nine-year veteran at this yeah. point. He was willing to literally go and start from scratch. And that is what they're making him do. They're making him work from the ground up again. Doing the Young Lions thing where you're very limited in the moves that you can do. You're having to go by their strict regimen. You're living in not great quarters. You're doing all the prep work. For people that are less experienced than him, probably have fewer matches than him under the belts at this point. And him having to do it all over again. And also be made to look weak. The whole point of the Young Lions is that they are the weakest members of the roster. They're jobbers. But that's what he's doing here several years earlier. But he's actually given more to work with than that. And he's given a costume and entrance music and being built up for a storyline. And like I say, he's already been on prime time ITV, winning big matches in on the card and being presented as a key figure, even though he's like the up-and-coming youngster. It's obvious that their idea was, if World of Sport goes on for years and years, he's going to be the guy that will build up on the card. It's important to highlight at this point that how he looks on World of Sport is completely different to how he looks now. Or how he looks, to be fair, on WCPW a little bit. He seems a bit leaner here. Yeah. Although I guess he, World of Sport would be a bit later, but he's he's got very ruddy, rosy cheeks of a young lad. He does. <laughs> now, I think it helps that he's got a beard and he's shaved his head and he is built now. He's on some good multivitamins, I'll say that much. So apparently the story is he's gone from dirty bulking to clean bulking. And as a result, it's it's not just mass for mass sakes. It's the right mass. It's the right calories. It's the right volume. Pretty much all these young lions that are coming out now are all looking incredible physique-wise, which was never, never used to be a necessity in New Japan. In a nutshell, why I picked Gabriel is because I think... From a football fan's perspective, like the first time you go to see your team play, if there's like a youngster who's like starting around that time, you feel an affinity with them because you're with them from the beginning. So you feel this special attachment to their career because you saw it at the very, very beginning. And that's why I'm a big Gabriel Kidd fan. I want him to do well. And he's an East Midlands lad, isn't he? He's uh, from Nottingham. So yeah, he's got the hometown hero angle here as well. What I think we should also point out is that we've got to give Johnny Mundo credit for giving him as much as he gives him. Johnny Mundo essentially wrestles the perfect match for what he's supposed to be giving, which is giving a young upstart enough to look good, but coming out the winner in the end and putting on his own show and showing the kid respect at the end as well. That is exactly what Johnny Mundo's supposed to be doing. And it's what he does, really. And I will say the crowd doesn't seem disappointed that it was Kid that replaced Albatron. You've not done a thing of trying to get someone of as close as possible to equal stature. They're doing a different mm. kind of job. It's not a clash of stars as it would have been. It's doing the local lad a, a bit of a favour. And that's from the days of the NWA world champion going from territory to territory to territory and making their local guy look good. That's exactly the sort of role that Mundo's playing here. The big star 
that goes in and gives the guy a hell of a run and then comes out the winner. He still looks like the star that he is, but the other guy doesn't look bad in defeat. And that's what you get. Unfortunately, you also get a few bare asses in the process. But <laughs> Yeah. I, I was wondering as well if, like, Mundo... Because at the start, Mundo wrestles with his shirt on. It's like, is he literally half-arsing it? And then we see... No, he's full-arsing it. It's very often the thing that if you watch the New Japan tours and when they're doing a not-so-important town, they might just keep their shirts on during the match. <laughs> you know, if, if Naito's taking the shirt off or not, it shows you how seriously he's taking the <laughs> work. That could just be Naito's character, though. But that works within this thing of Mundo taking Kid lightly and it coming back to bite him a little bit at various points. But yeah, and I do like as well that um, Kid, well, when we saw him with the World of Sport, he was doing that classic British wrestling. He was doing like Johnny Saints spots yeah. with the wrist lock and actually surprising Mundo. And so Mundo just replies by headbutting him. So that's when we get a bit of um, uh, Mundo arse. I do wonder how intentional that is. It, I wasn't sure if it was intentional, but then Kid did that uh, return the favor by bearing his ass and doing a backwards roll, which might have revealed more than anyone wanted to see. Yeah, I think he rolled to where I was. You might have had to have delete WCPW for um, offensive acts uh, <laughs> charge reveals. So I think you might have regretted that in hindsight. Mundo does the the heel stuff with when he takes off the shirt, he then throws it into the crowd or threaten like teases thrown into the crowd and then just hands it to the referee for later on. <laughs> One thing I did notice, I think that Mundo's probably not as used to or not as commonly using wrestling in this small of a ring. Yeah. So there are some awkward moments with the runnings of the ropes, and I wonder if it's just simply he's used to having one or two more steps for each run. And so there's an awkward bit with a reverse monkey flip spot, mm. I noticed. This isn't the smoothest of matches, but then you sort of look at the circumstances behind it and you understand why that is the case. It's not entirely smooth. There's staggering. I think there's also probably a case that they did have to improvise it slightly on the spot and figure out what they were doing uh, as they went along. And also, despite him being, what, possibly like a seven to nine year vet at this point, Gabriel Kidd's still only 19 when he's doing yeah, this. Yeah. So there's obviously, he'll, he'll have the butterflies in his stomach as well. But also there's a moment where Johnny Mundo slips on the top rope trying to do a, a springboard, but he does turn it into a spear. And because it's a smarky, smarky crowd, you get the you fucked up and botchamania chance from the ever so lovable families. <laughs> I think it's, it's just a very good little exhibition. Mundo's the star. He probably made a lot of money on the merch table afterwards. And Gabriel Kidd... Got to show the the raw potential that led to New Japan seeing him as a potential star. And I would not be surprised if G1 Climax 2026 might be a final between two of Yuya Yamira, Yota Suji, and Gabriel Kidd. It's very possible that Gabriel Kidd could eventually even surpass Will Ospreay as the top guy Jin of New Japan, for all we know. Oh, I would love that so much. It's hard to tell. I mean, you will be curious to see what they package him as, what his gimmick will be after he goes on his learning excursion. And if his learning excursion will be going back to the UK or if they'll want to send him to Mexico or the US indie scene, or maybe they'll have even reached a deal with AEW at that point and he might be doing a run in AEW for a year. Personally, I mean, without wanting to know anything, if he's obviously wrestled in in Britain for so long, maybe get him some variety. Well, I mean, it's, it's as much there in these situations as for them to get character work. So maybe Mexico would be the wise place for him as well. But that was where the great Okan spent his time building that character. 
It depends. It depends what they want to do. They might be nice to him and think, ah, oh, let's let him spend a year with his family again, or who knows. Although, you know, it's not about being nice, is it, really? Yeah. <laughs> Those dojos. But th- this this points out to me, and the reason why I've picked, again, I'll come back to why I've picked this match, is go to your local uh, independence. You never know who you see what they'll turn into. You'll never know. You might see someone who ends up like wrestling Kazuchika Okada in his time already. Granted, not in obviously a high profile match, but... You never know in a couple of years. Exactly. Who knows what could happen? You can find things, the most inconspicuous of packages in the most like outward of places from the mainstreams. Look, stop reading from your Tinder profile and get on with the match review, Simon. Old seven inch Simon here. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, Mundo does his good job. I think he's struggling with the ring size. I think he has a few moments where he's really having a problem with the ring ropes as well. They seem to not quite carry him. And he does do the starship pain, but Gabriel Kidd yeah. visibly has to shift so that to roll so that he's in the right place to take the move. So like I said, there were some sloppy bits. I, you know, it was a match. If you wanted me to rate it, it would probably be somewhere between two and a half and three for me, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was an event. It was there. I got to let some stuff off my chest and you got to talk some positives about one particular guy and just the potential of what you might see if you go, if you dare to go out there and uh, mix it up on the live wrestling scene. It might mean sitting with wrestling fans, but it also might mean getting to watch really good wrestlers. There you go. This uh, trip down memory lane slash go off the beaten path hipstery slash therapy session. <laughs> it's, it's been all sorts of things, this, this episode. It certainly has. After this one, we're going to be doing another Let Me Tell You Something. Uh, I think what we've decided to do for our next discussion point, to keep it down, something that Gabriel Kidd's probably been learning a lot about, we'll be talking about strike exchanges. So expect plenty of Shane McMahon oh references. Actually, yeah, there's another guy that I might feel a bit easier having a go at for something they do bad in wrestling, because I think he can wipe his tears with the many millions of pounds he has whenever the, the sale mm. goes through. But until then, if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, and wonder how you deal with such an angry, angry co-host, how can they do so? <laughs> they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm Simon, Simon Cross Free. Free for the inches of arse crack you see within the first second of Gabriel Kidd's backward roll. My name's Lorcan Munn, and that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for something that we really nearly saw from Gabriel Kidd that we shouldn't have. And N for... for... Nobeds. That's my Twitter <laughs> handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you put it at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. LMTYspod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. And if you feel like throwing a few pennies down our way so that I can pay for a ticket to see a show and be amongst the people that, I, you know, I guess we need to be listening to this podcast, but please don't take my criticisms directed at you personally. You're one of the good ones listening here. <laughs> Uh, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pod. And if for some reason after me abusing you, you feel like giving me five stars or the show five stars, then do so by going to iTunes and rating us such. It really helps us get heard by more wrestling fans who can also get yelled at by me. But there's nothing to be said at this point, except that my name is Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a great time. Until the next time. Oh, 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 oh,